The Kansas City Chiefs shifted their paradigm against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and got that win. Is this the offense that we should expect going forward or what has to change to continue to evolve in 2022 today on Locked On Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. Glad we got through that intro pretty well. We are back. The Chiefs have another win, and we got to talk about where they go from here. How can you double down on it? We're going to get into it all today. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, NFL33.com, as well as RGR Football. And I'm Chris Clark. Thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it. And there is a lot to talk about about this game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, really were down two scores almost from the get-go, and I would love to say that this is the offense that we should continue to see week in and week out. I think that Andy really challenged the offense going into this game, uh, and hopefully he can continue to get what he got out of in this game, this past game. Yeah, I, I think so too, and I challenge you guys. Thanks for making us your first listen. Make another Locked On show your second listen today. We appreciate it. We're free on every platform, so check it out. Like, sub, and hit that bell here on the YouTube platform for us as well as the audio platforms. Challenging is, I think, what – it comes down to, from what we understand, it was not well received just how much of an egg you laid in Indianapolis that needed to be addressed. And the easiest way to do that was to challenge your players physically. And I said this the other night, the other night, I said this last night um, on the RGR show, but I, I wanted to put it here as well. There is something that I think kickstarts when, when you challenge a man physically and an offensive line unit as a whole physically to go out there and do something they haven't been doing. Now, in the NFL, there's not enough practice time to go around. So you practice what you play. If you don't practice something, you're not going to perform it very well. Execution isn't going to be there on Sunday. So by putting it into the weekly practice, it got them ready. I think it's something they have to double down on and do every week. Well, they're going to have to absolutely do it uh, week six. And I think that they it would be good for them to do every week. Don't get me wrong. Uh this game that is going to be coming up week five, that's going to be a whole nother ball game. And we have an extra day to talk about it. So we will get to that eventually. But when you start looking at what this game meant for Kansas city, you're going up against Tom Brady. You're going up against the Buccaneers who have a fantastic defense. They'd only allowed 27 points up to this point in three games and Kansas city put 40 on them. Yeah. That's and don't get me wrong. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Tampa Bay helped with the turnover early in the game, and I get that, but that wasn't the the lion's share of the scoring. So, Yeah, and Patrick helped him out later with it, giving it back. That's the way that it goes. I think at the end of the day, the physicality, whether you use it in the way that they did, I, I mean, what was it? It ended up being 37 runs minus Patrick's so like 33 runs last night. That is a high volume for Andy Reid. It came out at 42%. Huge. If I calculate it right, it's like 42% of the play call last night. You take out the a couple of sacks and the Patrick scrambles. That is a huge volume for Andy Reid. Can he do that every week? No, not even I can expect that. I'd love it, but I can't expect that. But just doing it more and being more physical about it, attacking the defense with that physicality in the run, I think that sets them up for success every week. And if it's 33%, maybe, maybe even a touch less, you could still get something done with it. I just think they can't go back to the 25% that it was the first three weeks of the season. That does not shock me that you want to go there. Uh, uh -huh. I will say it's Andy Reid, and he is a old dog, and generally you don't teach him new tricks. 
So we will see if they continue to go that route going forward. I do think it's going to be interesting to see what they do against the Raiders because it is going to be setting up what they're going to be doing against the Bills. And that's going to be fascinating to watch. What I will say about this running game is every single running back was hitting the hole hard and they were protecting the ball when it mattered the most. And that was something that was very impressive to see. And they put Isaiah Pacheco in at a very, uh, what's the right word, very big moment in the, mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. Uh, gave him the hard carry, and he delivered. I mean, he, it wasn't a great run, but he didn't fumble the ball. And there are some running backs in this league that when you put the spotlights on them, they crumble at times. And he did not do that. He didn't shy away. He still was his normal self and ran the way he normally does. Well, that is something I think lends itself to future development, especially when you have a, a tailback tandem at this point, or trio, really, that you can get away with. It makes you future-proof in terms of injury. It makes you able to shift gears depending on who's hot. It opens up a lot of things. And I, as it goes on, I think that's more and more important for this team. It's not the only thing, though. The defense stood up. And we have to feel good about that. We're going to talk about them in depth after this break. But before that, the other thing is the special teams lock things back down. And I know you check special teams more than anyone I know. You have to be happy with the performance, don't you? Yeah, I think you really do. And then Matthew Wright came in, did what he did, and uh, you know, he made 11 points. Kansas City won by 10. So his points were big. And uh, obviously, they would have changed things if he would have missed a couple of kicks. But everything was almost right down the money or right down, sorry, right down the middle. And I want to give props to Tommy Townsend who did a very good job getting a high snap down to where it didn't seem like it threw off Wright's rhythm. And I, I really would have hated to see Wright miss that kick because the snap was off, uh, but he put it right down the middle still. So yeah, you, you got to take it for what it's worth. I, I think it's only going to get better now that what the team has done, they lost Jerry Ely to a suspension um Ely's a small dude looks like he, he was taking some peds we'll see what happens they brought back Marcus Kemp who'd been out there for a bit but another guy that lends himself now with both Therese Fountain and Marcus Kemp available for the special teams you have to feel that if anything goes wrong like they have the the, the break glass guys to bring up and get ready should they need to well they really do and I think that that's really going to play a big role in the next couple of games you, you look at what they're probably going to do with Marcus Kemp I would imagine he's up this weekend uh, in that role, and I would imagine he's going to be up against the Bills. I think that that's probably their plan is to get him the next couple of weeks, and we'll see where they go from there. I want to get to the defense because I think there's a lot of really interesting aspects as we look at snap counts and who performed where and when. We'll do that, but i got to tell you about our newest partner, our returning partner, that is really helping us out with something that I enjoy taking every day, and that's AG1 from Athletic Greens. It is the product that gives you everything that you need, energy, Immune system boosts, vitality, simple, interesting ways to help your digestion, your mood balance, all kinds of things that go into your daily life that help you get down the road. They have 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that get you through your day. It's less than a cup of coffee, and I actually take them about the same time together as kind of a morning ritual. But that health benefit goes a long way for that same kind of cost. And with all of that together, you get this multivitamin that normally people are going to kind of poo-poo taking a powder, but it's really simple. It tastes good. It's got this kind of tropical edge to it that I enjoy. And it's one scoop of this product inside one cup of water, shake and enjoy, and that's it. 
It's super simple. You can do it on the go. You can do it on the train. You can do it on a bike if you need to. If you're doing a bike on the winter, I congratulate you. You must be in California, but that's okay. And to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a year supply of their immune-supporting vitamin D+, plus five free packets for your purchase. You can get it in packets or you can get it in, in a bulk pack with the scoop, which is what I use. But they're giving away five days' worth of this all by themselves. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's nflgreens.com slash NFL Network to take advantage of your ownership and your health right now and pick up that ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Insurance is what I'm here for. You have to have insurance when you're trying to get to Tom Brady. He's going to put it out in 2.3 seconds. There's no other way around it. you got to go attack him. I think the pass rush showed that last night. There was a lot of guys that got some pressure, but nobody that got the most pressure or, or what we had come to expect the last few weeks. Chris Jones had been on a pace of about six pressures a game, sack or two at this point. Didn't get there this time. The guy who led the team in pressures was Turk Wharton, a guy that – has the explosiveness and the athleticism that we've come to really enjoy watching. But that's just part of the story to me. The other guys that got the best pressure, Legereus Sneed on one, got a pressure from Rashad Fenton on another. I think the fact that the defense overall put together nine pressures on a game plan with maybe the fastest draw in terms of quarterback time to throw in the league, I think that says that Spags pulled out the tricks, got everybody involved, and that paid off for them. No, I completely agree. I think that Spagnuolo pulled out a masterful game plan, and they really took what they were seeing from the Buccaneers uh, the first three weeks. And I think what I mean by that is you look at the offensive line the Bucs had. They were struggling in the middle of the offensive line. They attacked that. Wharton attacked it. Jones attacked it. Jones may not have gotten as much pressure as Wharton, but Jones was still effective. Uh, he was in the backfield multiple times. He you know, stopped some running plays as well uh, when they were running the ball early. But they got in Tom Brady's face, and the reality is is that I think that we're not talking about this enough, and I would imagine that it's not going to be something that is going to harm him long-term, but we will see how it happens this week. Brady was hurt in that second half. I think mm -hmm. he got hurt after he got hit and tried to play through it, but there were some throws that were not affected by I mean, maybe there's a little bit of effect by pressure, but it wasn't pressure-related. It was Tom missed the throw. There were several of those throws. Yeah. It, it sucks getting old. Let me tell you from experience. But <laughs> while he's not quite as old as me, he's pushing it. And I think – I won't say that he's cooked. I, I don't believe that's true because I think he still has it in him. I think he's a competitor to the point that – I agree with that. Whatever he gave to the devil to maintain his youth is paying off still. But it's definitely on the decline. And, folks, I'm just kidding. I'm not calling him a Satanist. I'm just putting that out there. Um, I, I think you can see like this is it's not it's not just that the the performance has diminished, is that the bounce back has diminished, and that's something that he's always had and had the ability to turn back around. And that's what I noticed last night. Like you said, it wasn't just the hit; it was that he wasn't able to recover from it. Yeah, he just he threw some balls in the dirt. He sailed passes, and I think that's really when you start looking at what the Bucks were trying to do in the second half. They didn't run the ball at all. Brady was the their answer, and they were going to throw it every single down. And if Brady would have been in a situation where he was on the entire night, maybe that outcome's different. Yeah. But Kansas City, with getting the pressure, with getting a hit on Brady, with making him pay with that hit and getting him on the ground, 
uh, really changed the outcome of the game from that perspective. Now, on the backside of the defense, the things that stood out to me, obviously, you guys heard me talk about it last night. Lejerry Sneed is raising his game to a level that is, is man, I hesitate to do this, but I'm going to go for it. There hasn't been a DB that has been this all around in terms of stopping the run and blitzing the passer in Kansas City since James Hasty. That's just the way that it is. He can do everything. Is he a shutdown, lock it down corner? No. He's still giving up 66% completion rate, which is a little high for what I like to see, right? I'm looking for 60 or lower in the NFL. I'm looking for 50 or lower in college for those of you that are paying attention to the draft class. But Legereus gave up 51 yards, it was, while getting the only sack on Brady, while forcing that turnover, while being in the run game, while taking down Leonard Fournette by himself. The fact that he gave up some yards does not bother me. It's it's what it is in totality. And he had a PBU as well. He is one of four players that had a PBU that night, as Rashad Fenton had one as well. Let's see who else got in there. It is Thornhill and Cook. I thought Cook was the pleasant surprise. I, I wasn't sure he was going to get used as much against Brady, who had a time tearing apart Tyron Matthew the last time these teams met. Did that surprise you? I won't say it really surprised me. I, I think that it's, they attacked where I kind of expected them to attack. And I think that when you start looking at this game plan and what they were able to do, I think that uh, going against Fenton, going against Snead, I mean, it made a lot of sense where they went with the ball. So I, it didn't really shock me. I was What I was trying to look at is it, I was wanting to see Brady's stats. Uh, hmm. He threw the ball 52 times. 385 yards. Sounds like a lot, but when you start thinking about the fact that he threw the ball – 52 times to get there. Uh, that is not a great number. So, I mean, kudos to the defense. They played a great game. I mean, that's 7.4 yards per attempt. Uh, definitely well under what you would really want uh, when you're throwing the ball. And, and they were trying to play catch up pretty much the entire game. So doesn't shock me that he threw for a lot of yards. Yeah, he had three TDs. Okay. Mike Evans made a heck of a play on a ball and and ended up paying for another one a little bit later that they ended up scoring a touchdown on as well later. But three carries, three negative three yards for Leonard Fournette. Those are the only rushes, negative one yards per carry. Uh, that's phenomenal defense. And Kansas City showed up to play, and they were ready to go. Let, let me give you these numbers because this illustrates exactly how difficult a challenge this is. As we break down... What happened in Steve Spagnolo's call, right? There were 15 snaps, 15 of his dropbacks, I'm sorry, um, where he was blitzed. So Spags really held back from what he was doing. It felt like there was a lot more of that, right? When he was blitzed, he got the ball out in 2.25 seconds on average for the evening. That's incredibly quick until you think about this. When he wasn't blitzed on the other 38 snaps, or the 45 total that they didn't get a pressure or he was quote unquote kept clean according to PFF on those two categories, he got the ball in 2.09 and 2.01. And so when you take that into consideration, the fact that the pass rush still got some pressures in that short a time span, and there were able to get PBUs by the secondary. I think you have to come away feeling like this defense is on the cusp of reaching what our goal was for them in the spring in being, uh, a top 15 defense right now. And that's without McDuffie and without Willie Gay. I think that there's more in there. Do you? 
No, I agree. And I think Darius Harris has played a, a key role in, in some parts. I'm not going to say he's been fantastic. He's obviously a guy that is trying to play uh, a little bit above his level. I think at least what he's been in the NFL to his career to this point, but you're absolutely right. This is without Willie Gay. Willie Gay will be back after the Bills game. Uh, this is without McDuffie. Uh, we hope McDuffie's back for the Bills game. If he's not, then you know we'll see when he's able to come back. But this situation, this defense is playing phenomenal, and I think that it's, they can only get better. And you look at a team like the Raiders. You look at a team like the Bills. Both those guys are gonna. Both those teams are more passing than they are run. The Raiders do run the ball, but the Bills certainly don't. Uh, so you have to wonder what's that going to mean for this defense? How are they going to play against a guy like Devonte Adams, Darren Waller, uh, Hunter, Hunter Renfro missed this last game against the Broncos. So question whether or not he'll be available for Monday night. They got an extra night. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but Kansas has got a, a couple of big tests coming up and just because the Raiders are one and three, don't overlook them because I think that's really what got them in trouble with the Colts. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And yet, there's still more that both sides of, of this team can continue to improve on for their next steps forward. We're going to talk about that after this. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting this season. You need to go check them out. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, podcasts, news, and in-depth articles, and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, I'm not going to let go of this just because I think what we saw. Wait, Patrick, you're not going to let go of something? Yeah, well, I know it's shocking, right? Um, <laughs> this was just the tip of the iceberg, and that's why I'm not letting go of it. Because Patrick only had, if I read the numbers correctly, eight snaps where he had play action setting him up for that pass. That's actually quite low when you look at, at what do you have, 43 dropbacks? I expect as much more... as they ran, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what fed it. They had 80 offensive snaps. There was plenty of room. And that's why I think that there's still more upside in this offense for how much they can run the play action. Because I think at the end of the day, after this film, the Raiders have to respect the play action that much more. That draws them down out of the, the too high a little bit quicker. Now, you can't do it off of one game. But if they run with more abandon like they did in this game, this week against the Raiders and against the Bills, that will force the league to change the way that it defends them. It will drag them kicking and screaming out of the too high defenses. And you're going to have the cover threes because no, no coach in his right mind is going to defend with two safeties in the middle with an open middle where you have two guys that can get there and go to one and not play zone behind it. So you're going to have cover three and that gives you a different set of beaters of, of routes that defeat that defense. And I think that's where Patrick wants to get back to. So for me, the play action is absolutely key. Do you think that they ump it or, or do you think that they try to ride this, this right where it is? I think that they may try to ride it where it is this week. And I think I'm saying that because if you look at what they're doing on offense, I think that they were successful enough the way they were. And I also think that you look at what they could do if they say play action for the Bills. And to me, I'm I'm sorry. I'm already looking ahead to the Bills game. I know they play the Raiders. But Easy you have to realize no, I'm not overlooking the Raiders. I'm just saying you have to realize who is on your schedule next. 
And whatever you put on film against this Raiders team, the Bills are going to be looking at specifically. If you don't show a ton of play action, they're not going to be ready for it as much in play action. Uh, so I think that's something to take into consideration. And then, you know, the window dressing that Andy Reid does in different plays, I mean, he had a direct snap to McKinnon. They got handed off. Uh, he had no gray take the the Blake Bell, you know, mm-hmm. uh, run into the end zone. Uh, how much more window dressing are you going to bring against the Raiders? And what else are you going to change? I mean, they had a lot of three tight end sets. They, they were running the ball. And they even went jumbo at, at one point. Mm-hmm. So that's something to watch as well. Yeah, I, I hope that they do. Because when you break it down, it's not a surprise here, at least not to me. The most effective area that they ran in last night was between Creed Humphrey and Joe Tooney. 8.8 yards Shocking. per carry. I know, right? But it's not the highest volume, which did surprise me a little bit. Because the place that they ran the most was outside right edge, around Andrew Wiley. That's where they got the the most attempts, that and right off of Andrew Wiley. I, I think that was very intriguing because I didn't expect to say that. I thought the B-gap, which was where they got the second most bang for their buck, um, was behind Trey Smith. They gave him a good volume there, but it wasn't the most. And I, I think they spread it around really well. When you look at the run charts, um, check out Next Gen Stats, folks. They, they have some great charts that show you where the runs actually went. I think that diversity actually helps the play action that much more too. So like the two things together, I think is what the next step forward is in trying to get to themselves the matchups that they want, the the single highs, even if it is in zone that I think Patrick can exploit. Well, and the other question that we didn't even talk about last night is where was McCall Hardman and what is their plan for him? They didn't use him last night. I mean, he was on the field, but Mm -hmm. they didn't use him last night. So are they going to do some of the jet sweep action that they've had in the past? Are they going to give him those types of plays? I know he's been dealing with a heel injury. Maybe that was why they didn't use him much. But that's a different gear that this offense has when he's able to do those types of things and they get him in space like that. Uh, That's a good situation for this offense. So that's just another thing that they can add on top of what we saw from Jody Fortson with that slant. Uh, you know, you use him in the red zone. I think that you can use him more along the fields just in general. I think that he showed has shown he can play all over the field and really be effective as a tight end. He's not Travis Kelsey. Nobody is Travis Kelsey. But what I did like about seeing on snap counts, Kelsey's snap counts was just over 80%. Yeah, which is a market and, decrease, and that, that's why you're pointing it right. out, right? Absolutely. And then you're also looking at the fact they ran 80 plays. Uh, I wish it would have been a little bit lower, to be yeah. quite honest, considering they ran 80 plays. Uh, but 80% for Travis Kelsey, I think that's phenomenal. If you can get him to being at 80% in most games and you're scoring 30 to 40 points, I think you got to feel great about that. And he's going to be fresh going through the rest of the season. They used him as a workhorse early in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just they, He was their stalking horse. They threw him the ball. He made huge plays. Uh, he moved the chains for him. And the other thing I really liked about what I saw from Reed was it was varied on what he was doing on third and short. It wasn't always the same type of play. It was, okay, we did this the last time. We're going to do something a little bit different this time. Maybe the window dressing looks similar, so they're expecting the same thing, but it goes to a different side of the, of the field, and it's a different play completely. Yeah. Uh, and if you take advantage of those things, eventually what you're going to get to is you're going to get to a situation where I was watching the Raiders and the, and the Broncos play. And one of the things that Carr started doing towards the end of the game was uh, Sertan was playing so far off Devontae Adams, he just threw him the ball right as the ball was snapped. 
And you're going to get those opportunities with these wide receivers and these guys if you keep forcing the defense to have to come up because they got to play the run. That's another reason why some of the, the it's so big to get the corners to get the safeties to come down, but you also have the corners looking for the run, trying to help and run support. Yeah, it's it's a group defense, and I, I think that's what the balance provides you is that everybody has to contribute, and that that gets DCs out of their mentality of we're going to sit back and keep everything in front of us. And I think that's ultimately what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes want is they want their shots back. And so they, they got to do the, the yeoman's work to get to that point. And I think that's that's what they're starting to catch on to. There's well, a lot of catching they, on. And they used MBS in those for some of those shot plays last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I thought he I thought he played very well. I thought he had some big catches. Yes, he had a big drop, uh, but I thought he had some very big catches that he just hasn't been there for yet. And they used Juju at times, and Juju was very effective. If you can get all three of those guys in the sky more and McCall Hardman going, not to mention Jody Fortson or Noah Gray. I mean, Noah Gray had a great chance of making a big play other than the touchdown and dropped it. I mean, if mm-hmm. he can start coming up with those plays and you get to a point where you have seven or eight guys that you can legitimately squirt, you know, throw the ball to, you're going to be in great shape as an offense, and you're always going to be keeping people guessing. One of the stats that I love the most is seeing, I think, Kansas City has six different people, six different people that have touchdowns so far this season, or eight, <laughs> eight different people. Uh, Mahomes had so many different connections to people last night and so many different passes all over the field. Uh, that's exactly what you want to see. Yeah, absolutely. That that allows you to be scary, and that's exactly what they are and what they need. Nine, nine different targets, seven different people with receptions. I was just about to look that up. Well done. You beat me to it. <laughs> Sometimes you got to take your shots, like you said with MBS. And if you want to take your shot, folks, not only make us your first listen, which we very much appreciate, you want to check out what we're doing not only on Locked On Chiefs, but on Locked On NFL and everything else. And that's with the key predictions. You can find that every Friday on Locked On NFL, both in the audio feeds as well as the YouTube channel. Check that out for everything. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Also check out Peacock and Williamson for their unique takes on this league. And hey, you can check out Chiefs Corner for Chris's work outside. You can check out NFL 33 for mine. We have a ton going. This is going to be a fun week as they get ready for Raiders. They got to build on this. We'll talk more about it tomorrow with Matt Derrick. Thanks for joining us today. We'll talk to you tomorrow.